Hey, good morning, Avenue Church. I'm so glad you're here. If you're brand new with us today, man, I just want to say welcome. My name is Pastor Jeremy, and along with my wife, we have the honor and privilege of pastoring this amazing church. So go ahead, if you're new with us, text me at 702-727-8280. Hassle-free guarantee. Just give me a text, and I'll text you right back, and just to welcome you to this broadcast today. Now, for the rest of you, I want you to know exactly where you're watching from, all right? If you're watching in Vegas, if you're watching from out of state, what part of Vegas are you watching? But I want to know where are you currently watching from? We love seeing your comments. We love knowing where in the world are you watching from today? Are you on vacation and watching us? Are you driving or are you in your home? So go ahead and comment today where you're watching from. Now, before we get started with today's message, I got to give a shout out to one of our partners here, uh, the Crossing Church. They gave me a call this week and they said, would your church like some portable cases? Would you like some free stuff? Come on. I prayed about it and said, yes, you know, and so they gave us um, portable cases for us. So when we re-engage, when we regather again, we have brand new cases for us to be able to move our stuff around, chairs for Avenue Kids. And so, Matt, thank you so much, Crossing Church. So comment right now if you're watching. Thank you, Crossing Church. I love that we are better together. We are better together. Now we're in a brand new series. This is week two of our brand new series, Change People, Change the World. And we visited Acts chapter one this last week and Acts chapter two as well. And here's what I love about the beginning of Acts is that the local church began because they were united together in prayer. And God came upon them in Acts chapter two and filled them with the Holy Spirit and with power from on high. Three thousand people gave their life to Jesus on that day. But guess what? Only 120 were gathered together in the upper room. I love this because 120 shouldn't equal 3,000. But people changed by God can change the world. So let's go to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and 47. And I love this. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. So what does a united church look like? It looks like this. They were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued on. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. I like that they kept eating together. Come on, somebody. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Every single day, people were encountering the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, those that were being saved. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what the early church did. They did several things. Number one, they were committed to learning the Bible. They were committed to gathering with one another. They were committed to eating with each other. They were committed to prayer. They were committed to generosity. And they were committed to community. But I love this. And they met in the temple three times a day and in their homes. Right now, we... We, we, we're unable to do this, 
but we can do this. So I want to say thank you for watch parties right now. Thank you for small groups, small group leaders. I love you. Thank you so much because we are committed to one another and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Man, Avenue Church, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your commitment. I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. But during this time, I want to say thank you. Thank you for learning the Bible with us on Sunday morning right here on Online Church, but also in your personal time. I want to say thank you for gathering online in your Zoom groups, but as well as embarking on in-person groups, whether that's a coffee date, whether that's eating in the backyard. Man, I want to say thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for our church, for praying for our nation. Man, I want to say thank you for hosting watch parties and faithfully watching Avenue Church every single week. Man, I want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. I want to say thank you for making a difference and for loving our church. When you love our church, we're loving our city. And so Lindsay and I want to say thank you. And we absolutely love being your pastors. It is an honor for us. Now, I want to move through the book of Acts because that was Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. But here's Acts chapter 3. And I want to encourage you, read through the book of Acts this summer. Read through it this week or, or, or all summer long. But here's what Acts chapter 3 is. The Holy Spirit ascended on them. They had power from on high. Peter preaches the message. And then things go into a new normal. And here's what Acts chapter 3 says. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which was right around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful Gate to ask for alms. This is money. I'm asking for money. So he's asking for money for those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him. This is kind of like when I first met Pastor Lindsay. I, my, I directed my gaze upon her. I saw nothing else. But Pastor Lindsay, come on, somebody. Whoop. All right. As did John. And he said, look at us. I love that. They directed his gaze. And he said, look at us. And the lame man fixed his attention to Peter and to John, expecting to receive something from them. Remember last week, man, the disciples, they got something they didn't expect. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold. I have no money on me right now. But what I do have, I give to you. What I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I love this. Peter says it, but also he does it. There's action to his words. So he took him by the right hand and he raised the lame man up and immediately immediately. And the author of Acts is Luke, and he's actually a physician. And so he's, he's given us some details immediately. He didn't need physical therapy. He didn't need to take time to walk. He didn't need help walking. But it said immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. Then leaping 
up, lame from birth, leaping up, he stood and he began to walk, entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And I love this. And all the people saw him. All the people knew him. All the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat daily at the beautiful gate asking for money. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Here's what's interesting, church. Here's what's interesting. This is the same temple or church that they went to. This is the same disciples. They even believe that Jesus and the disciples passed by this man three times a day. This lame man was known to be over 40 years old. Everybody knew him. This was his corner. This was his gate. This was his space. He wasn't hiding. He wasn't quiet, but he was in plain sight. Here is an opportunity hiding in plain sight. Sight. Have you ever looked for something for hours? Come on, 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 audience. Come on, church. I need some help here. Have you ever like like had a meeting to go to and you can't find your keys? And you're like, where are my car keys? Where's my truck keys? And you're looking everywhere and you're trying to find the car keys. I, one time I was frustrated and I prayed a prayer. I said, God, help me supernaturally put my keys in my hand, you know, like, like let it be on the kitchen counter in the name of Jesus. And if you do that, God, I promise you I'll install GPS on the keys. I'll never lose them again. I'll put them somewhere. I'll be a good, faithful servant next time, you know, and nothing happened. And then I asked Pastor Lindsay, my wife, and she'll find it in 0.02 seconds. Right? And then she has the nerve to judge me. Like, did you even look? Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you what. So the title of my message today is Change in Plain Sight. Change in Plain Sight. I believe with all my heart there is change hiding in plain sight. You see, the disciples, they weren't on a mission trip. They were not on vacation. They were in their usual place. See, the surroundings were the same, but they were the ones that were changed. Come on, church. Change is contagious. Change people, change the world. And I want to ask you this today. Do you believe that you can change the world? Do you really believe it? Now, we're in a crazy time right now, just uh, an insane season. Soon we'll be meeting together again. And soon we'll be able to high-five each other and, and, and just to love on one another. But I want to ask you today, in this season, do you believe that you can change the world. See, there's two things that Peter and John did on that day. The first thing that they did was they connected. Was they connected. Remember, this is the it's a usual day. I'm going to the temple to pray. This is my normal routine. But they decided on that day to connect. The Bible says, and Peter directed his gaze at him as did John. And he said, look at us. Something in Peter wanted to break the routine. That I want you to know that they fixed their gaze on him. Something helped, something was helping Peter and John to see the need that was hiding in plain sight. I believe with all my heart, the Holy Spirit was now upon them and opened their eyes to the needs around 
them. You know, I remember one time at Avenue, oh, you know, it was after church, and I was high-fiving people in the hallway. Remember when we used to do that, you know, and high-fiving folks in the hallway and saying goodbye. And, and I remember a particular individual walked by, and for some reason, my, I was just locked on this person, and I said something. I just, I said something, and I don't even remember what I said, but I remember the person. Well, a few days later, a family member emailed me, and the family member said, uh, I, I'm related to so-and-so, and on Sundays, you're high-fiving people. You said something to him, and you know what they said? They said that was exactly what they needed to hear on that day. Come on, church, they liked the message that day, but I believe the Holy Spirit connected to the individual. I, we got to see the need hiding in plain sight. You know, I've shared this before, but I was on a run one night with my dog. And uh, raise your hand if you didn't want a dog right here. But I was exercising with my dog and running on the path. And I, I seen a, a woman. I seen her the night before. This is part of my routine. And as I'm running by, the Holy Spirit says, tell her I have a plan for her life. Now, on the inside, I said, nope, it's dark. I'm by myself. I ain't going to do that. But it kept bugging me. So I stopped. And I was literally like, oh, fine, I'll be your servant, you know, whatever. And I turned around. I had to go find her. And I even tried to like, excuse me from a distance so I didn't freak her out. And I stopped and I said, I believe God wants you to know that he's got a plan for your life. And she said, yeah, God's got a plan for everybody's life. And I said, no. I believe God has a specific plan for your life. Maybe you got a hint about it. Maybe God's, you know, put something in your, in your heart, but God's got a plan for your life. And I saw her eyes begin to well up in, in, in waterworks and tears. And I just said, well, have a good night. Because it's not about us, church, but that change people can change the world. We got to see the need all around us. See the need during our daily routine that I firmly believe that if you're looking if you're looking, you will find the need. You'll find someone who needs an encouraging word. You'll find someone who needs hope. You'll find someone who, who needs a laugh, someone to laugh with, to bring good news today. You see, I believe Peter and John, they didn't hear alms. They heard change. They didn't hear change in the context of coins and quarters, but maybe they heard chain. You see, the lame man would sit at his gate, at his space, and he was lame. So somebody would bring him there for over 40 years and put him in his spot. And he would literally say, alms, which translates change, change. I need some change. I believe with all my heart, Peter and John heard change through the power of the Holy Spirit. Before they heard money, this time they heard change. Maybe you're stuck in your situation today. You're stuck in the routine. Maybe you're unable to move forward. You're unable to get through the phases or you're unable to have hope for the future. Maybe, just maybe, you need someone to reach out and to comment, I need change today. And I believe change will come your way. See, when you connect, something powerful begins to take place. But as a Christ follower, when we decide to connect with someone, compassion comes into play. See, Matthew 14, verse 4, it says, when he, and this is Jesus, so when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. 
See, I love the scripture. I love this verse right here. Jesus saw a great crowd. He didn't say, wow, look at all these people. No, this is what it says. Jesus had compassion on them, and he healed the sick. He began to do miracles. I believe this is one of the things that Jesus taught Peter and John. He taught them to always connect before you correct. But compassion means to feel deeply for the other person, to relate. Compassion isn't just telling someone uh, that you care. It's showing them that you care. And church, I'm here to tell you, Jesus cares so much that he wants to change your life. See, in this occasion, Peter and John, they decided to connect with a human being. Not a lame man, not a beggar, but a person. They wanted to connect with a person. You know, I wear a mask when I go shopping, and you know, others are wearing masks as well. And uh, I've noticed how disconnected we are. Uh, something about covering up uh, your face. And I'm hard of hearing. I, I have a hearing aid in my ear. I'm deaf in this ear. And so I rely heavily on reading lips. If I can't see your lips, I'm just going to you know, smile and nod because I hear nothing. All right? I hear nothing. But I depend on facial recognition. All right? I depend on people's faces to determine, are they talking to me? What are they saying? Are they cool with me? Are they weirded by me? You know, like, like, do I need to just be quiet, get my purchase and walk out and not be Pastor Jeremy everywhere I go? But I've realized we are so disconnected. I want you to know we cannot disconnect. Don't allow fear to remove the connection with others. Church, I'm here to tell you, you could still make a difference with a mask on. You could still make a difference maintaining six feet of social distancing. See, Peter and John, they made a difference. They impacted a man's life, which impacted a city. And so you know what? They connected. But number two, they used what they had. I want you to use what you have. See, although the lame man wanted money, Peter wanted to give him what he had. See, Peter received power from on high in Acts chapter 2. Peter received change. Peter went from denying Jesus to testifying about Jesus. Come on, church. Praise break right here, right? Come on. But Jesus loved using people to change the world. God doesn't look at your resume. He looks at your willingness. Are you willing to make a difference? See, just like Jesus with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. See, she wanted water, but Jesus gave her so much more. Jesus gave her living water. Come on, guys. God loves going over and above our expectations, and he does it in plain sight. See, that same woman who had five husbands, and she was with a sixth guy, and, and you know what? She became one of the earliest evangelists of that region. Church, I'm just a nobody telling everybody about a somebody named Jesus. He changed me, he redeemed me, and he wants to use me to connect with people. I'm going to use what I got. But you know what we do? We really preach at Avenue that God created us for good works beforehand. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says this. There are many diversities of gifts. There are many gifts. A-team shout out right here because I am so grateful for the diversity 
of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's the same Spirit, but there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are many diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. You see, my friends, God has placed a gift on the inside of you. You know, I've encountered so many people who say, I'm not gifted at anything. No, you're gifted at something. See, the word gift originally means uh, charis, and charis means grace. And so you're saying, I don't have a gift. No, you have a charismatic gift, which means a gift that was grace for you, to you. So what comes easy to you? It's a gift. It's what God has gifted for you to do. So here's what I want you to know, that there are gifts that we have, but there's also responsibilities. See, we have a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus. See, Paul continues on in this whole portion of Scripture, and he says, though I speak with tongues, Paul says, though I have a gift that is grace for me that I'm good at doing, though I have a gift of this, but if I don't have love, I become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. You know what Paul's saying? Paul's saying, although I have a gift, but without love for my neighbor, without love for my Savior, I'm just making noise. Church, can I tell you, I don't want to just make noise. I want to love God, and I want to love people. Church, change people can change the world. Let's love one another through this. Let's go out of our way and to serve others. Let's make a difference. But maybe you're asking today, Pastor, how do I change? How do I change? Maybe that's a big question for you today. How in the world do I change? Number one, I want you to write this down. You simply need to change direction. We need to change direction. You see, there's an old church word, right, where we say, repent, you know? But repent simply means to change your direction. And this is, this is so hard to do at times. But I want you to know that something prompted Peter and John to finally see what was there all along. You see, in our sinful nature, all right, all of us were born into this world of sinners, that we only see me, the me that gets offended easily, or the me that become a victim if nothing is going good for me. Sin makes me blind to the need. We need to change our mind and to allow God to heal us. See, sometimes we, we look at this point and we give a personal account of our salvation, all right? We go, ah, Pastor Jeremy said, change direction, change my mind, I need to repent. Okay, have I done anything bad lately? Uh, am I addicted to anything right now? Do I have any sin in my life? Nope, I'm good. I can move forward. All right. But I love what Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 says. Daniel's praying, and he says, I'm speaking, I'm praying, I'm confessing my sin. I want you to catch this. And the sins of my people. And the sins of my people. I'm presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Did you know we could repent for others? Church, let us be the change, but let us pray for the change. So I'm going to ask you today, can we change direction? But number two today, how can I change number two? To receive the change. We need to receive the change. You see, Jesus came to save the lost. He came to conquer sin. Salvation, it's a free gift. We didn't 
earn it. Our good and amazing works did not obtain it, but it was by the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. That is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, lest anyone should brag. So church, receive it. I feel led to say this today, that you're watching and maybe you feel so defeated. Maybe you feel like your life is over, that you're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Maybe you lost all hope. I'm here to tell you guys, there's a free gift for you today. And that gift is life, eternal life. See, John 10.10, 10, we, we reference the scripture a lot, but it says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But please take notice the second part, the sequel, the good news. I have come. Jesus said, I have come so that they may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. God has a plan for your life, and He wants you to have a good life, an abundant life in Jesus Christ. So don't focus on the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I want you to gaze your focus that God wants you to have life, and life more abundantly. The Passion Translation in Psalms 139 says it's so great. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. God, search my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. God, begin to show areas of my life that I'm afraid. God, show areas of my life where I have fear. See that if there's any path of pain I'm walking on, lead me back. Change my direction to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. The path that brings me back to life. And church, I want to challenge you today. I would rather hold a posture of repentance versus an offended or hardened heart. So God, search me. God, help me. So God, I want you to change my direction. But God, today, I receive the change. But number three today, how do I be the change? Because I want you to be the change in the world. Now, I might be quoting Gandhi today, all right? But I want you to know that this ties in with the message. See, Paul, in, in the book of Timothy, he's writing to Timothy. And this is what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, but understand this, that in the last days, these feel like the last days. He says, there will come times of difficulty. Then Paul, he just lets loose. And this is what Paul says. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God. So enjoy the ministry, Timmy, you know. But here's what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. He goes, but as for you, and I love this, as for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering, but do the work of evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your gift. Fulfill your calling. 
be the change in the world today because change people can change the world. Change people can change the world. You know, several years ago, I had the privilege of meeting uh, an amazing person, and she had just recently found out about the church, and she came, and someone invited her, and she gave her life to Jesus, and her life was radically changed. I mean, from over here to over here, just a drastic, powerful change. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to film her story. And in between filming uh, her story, she shared a story with me that forever impacted my life. She said she walked into, uh, into the church and she saw someone that she used to obtain beauty services from. And uh, she stopped them and she didn't say, hey, you go to this church? Oh, me too. No, she didn't say, praise the Lord. She said, why didn't you tell me? You have known me for years. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? I needed Jesus years ago. She said, I needed change years to go. And that wrecked me because sometimes we just get busy being busy. And I want to tell you guys, we can start making a difference today that I would love your comments today on our online chat on ways that we can be the change. So again, church, I love you so much. But if you're watching today, I would love to pray with you wherever you're at today. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes at every watch party, at every home, every uh, cell device or tablet, and let me pray with you today. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for Peter and John and Paul. And I thank you for, for who you are, God. Thank you that we have the living word to guide us, to lead us, to direct us. And so, God, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus, God, help us to be the change in this world. God, I pray, use our gifts, God. Pray, use us. Father, I pray you begin to accelerate the gospel through your people. That, Father, maybe somebody's watching today and you feel like you have no hope. You feel like you, you have no purpose in your life. Maybe you feel useless, or maybe you feel like you're in a very dark place today. I would love to lead you in a prayer so that you can have abundant life, life to the fullest. It might not change your circumstances. It might not change your surroundings, but it's going to change you. And change people can change the world. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Man, will you pray a prayer with me today? Say, dear Jesus, come on, say, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for my sins. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Come on, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, church. I want you to hit that emoji button. Hit all the buttons on your computer screen. But someone just gave their life to Jesus Christ. So if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please text me at 702-727-8280. May or just simply comment, new. I am brand new today. So church, I love you. I hope you enjoyed this message today. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let us know you're watching. Share this feed. Share the stream. Take a picture. Take a selfie. 
Well, let's go ahead and head over to the after party.